Why is it the same repetitive mistakes continue to rob salespeople of more commission checks, regardless of industry, size of company, or region of the globe? These same inhibitors are holding us back from reaching our full potential. Amongst many industry awards, Ian Selby achieved the accolade of top salesperson in the world at Apple. And in this podcast, he will discuss the issues that sales professionals encounter from his own experiences, confessing to the problems he has endured and how he overcame them, giving the benefit of his wisdom to everyone listening who work in the world of sales. To help you, he will reveal strategies to overcome the issues hurting salespeople and helping you reach new levels of sales success. Confessions of a Sales Pro. Lessons, more wins. With your host, Ian Selby. Welcome to Confessions of a Sales Pro. My special guest this week is Michelle Sorgaroli, strategic advisor, master certified coach, co-founder of Transformation Catalyst. Michelle has turned 40 years of entrepreneurial experience into helping other entrepreneurs generate significantly better financial results through differentiation. By leveraging her proprietary framework, Four Forces of Differentiation, Michelle's clients learn how to increase client value, more effectively sell their services, and effortlessly attract higher quality clients. As a strategic advisor and master coach, Michelle believes that all sustainable success is achieved through the uncompromising delivery of value. And she gives her clients the perspective they need to challenge business paradigms, become industry leaders, and champion excellence in their industry. Michelle has been featured in the Globe and Mail, Business in Vancouver, and the Investment Executive. She has also been recognized with several awards for achievement in coaching impact, program design, and entrepreneurship. Her greatest joy is rekindling the spark that inspired entrepreneurs to start their journey towards independence and freedom in the first place. I just love that last line. I really, that, that whole inspiration. <laughs> the focus of this week's session is differentiation, selling your differentiators. Michelle, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I am very excited, very excited to be here this morning. It's a delight, Ian. Thanks, thanks for taking the time, and I, I can't wait to ask you a few questions about differentiation because it's, mm-hmm. it's a huge part of the sales and marketing world, and uh, so many people get it wrong that the pearls of wisdom you're about to drop on our listeners, I think they better pull over and take notes. So without further ado, <laughs> Michelle, let, let me ask you the first one because i like to know where it all began for you. So what is differentiation, and what inspired you to become an expert in it? <laughs> so differentiation is um, something that I think has been in me since I was a very little girl. But to just clarify initially what we're talking about, I like to just spend a moment to distinguish the nuance difference between differentiation and what some might refer to as marketing because they're often seen as the same thing. Um, what I would suggest is that marketing as we know it is more a series of actions or functions that are intended to generate sales. Right. Um, if you look in the Merriam-Webster dictionary, it essentially says that it's an aggregate of functions. So marketing is really a, a plan for doing something to achieve the result you're looking for. Differentiation, on the other hand, I see it as different, especially when we're being strategic about it. So for me, differentiation is really more of a way of being. 
It's more of a commitment to the marketplace. And that is a commitment that is um, articulated and demonstrated through a commitment to a purpose, to mastery, and to creativity. Now, what happens when we have purpose is we have a reason for doing, and there's an inherent value inside of it because there's a change that we are trying to make. Mastery is about excellence, and it's really about being the best possible version of whatever your offer is, being as great as you can be in your field, right? And then creativity, that's the part that gets really interesting because creativity, when you bring creativity to your offer, you're really allowing your authentic self to show up. So for me, differentiation, when I'm working with my clients, I'm looking to bring those three key ideas and concepts into their business in a powerful way. So that's what differentiation is <laughs> from my perspective. And then there's more to it, of course, than that, but that's the, that's the essence of it. And what has inspired me? Well, in a nutshell, I think that, um, I think we all experience, dif um, experience value differently. I read a quote the other day, Ian, where Simon Sinek says, value is a perspective, not a calculation. Simon Sinek, of mm. course, is from the same start with why is his most, most well-known piece of work, I think. Um, but he said, you know, it's not a calculation. And I think um, from the time I was a very little girl, I wanted to experience a nuanced delivery of value. So I liked variety. I liked to have choice. I wanted to make sure that it matched what I wanted, not just what was being given to me, right? Not designed necessarily um, from in, a, in an isolated chamber, if you will. So, um, you know, that's, that's how it's all started. And I've been an entrepreneur uh, since I was 15, and I've been in highly commoditized, highly regulated industries where differentiation is especially difficult. And I found it fascinating to watch peers and experts positioning themselves so similarly to their colleagues and competitors, and yet their delivery and their bias and their perspective was so unique. So that was really the, the essence that got me started coaching towards this in 2004. Wow. Wow, that's quite the journey, Michelle. Absolutely. And I like what you said about value being a perception. It's like, mm -hmm. uh, it's like beauty. It's in the eye of the beholder. It's, it's, and we all see it unique. And uh, the more you can yeah. differentiate, the more you, you build your own platform. You're not in a commoditized race for the bottom, which typically is what happens if you're in a commoditized industry, right? So, and I'm sure, like, what are some ways that a company or service provider might differentiate themselves from competitors, especially in a commoditized world? Mm -hmm. So um, I think the, the easiest thing would be just to reference the four forces of differentiation that have designed them because they'll give you a sense of where your blind spots are. So the four forces basically start with these four ideas. The first one is platform. Second is process. Third is personality, and fourth is purpose. Now, I'll describe them just briefly so everyone can understand what I'm referencing or referring to. Platform basically is your offer. What is it that you are selling? What is your mastery? What is your expertise? What problem are you trying to solve? That's your platform. Your process, on the other hand, is your systems, your methodologies, your approaches, frameworks, for example. Anything that you use to create consistency 
and predictability in your offer that allows you to deliver over and over repeatedly and um, deliver value in the same way so that you are consistent. The third area, personality, is where things get really interesting because personality is more about your style. It's more about your biases, more about your beliefs around what you believe to be valuable and how you nuance your offer because you're particularly focused in certain areas and things that are important to you. Your values may show up here as well. Um, and lastly, purpose is really about the bigger impact that you're wanting your work to have, as I like to say, beyond your job beyond what you're being paid to do. So we are, you know, especially in services, we're being paid to do, um, to help people arrive at a certain result or to solve a problem. And I think our purpose, if in my case, <laughs> if I get to rekindle that spark in the entrepreneurs and help them move closer to the journey of independence and true freedom, that's my purpose. I'm just really excited about, yeah, I can help them with their strategy and I can help them make more money, but really I just want to see that sparkle in their eye. I want them to be yeah. having fun. I want them, right? So this is what purpose really does. It lights up the, um, the delivery of the offer and it also aligns clients with the providers, right? So clients can kind of join them in the excitement, whatever that is, whatever the purpose is whether it's a global um, impact that you're looking for or something smaller, right? It doesn't matter what the scale is. What matters is that you know what the bigger intention is beyond just solving the basic problem that's brought to you. So those are the four forces that really allow people to see at one level where they're operating at a, um, a professional delivery level being platform and process or very rational, very strategic decisions around um, your offer. And then the heart side, the heart part, if you will, where we bring more emotion into it happens through personality and purpose. And from my perspective, this is an area that is often undervalued and misunderstood in how to, in how to leverage it effectively. So. Love what you said, especially about the, the, uh, the personality and the purpose. I liken the word mm -hmm. purpose to Simon Sinek's why which you know, everyone's doing the how and the what. And if you've got a real big why, you can grow a following. I uh, really right. love what you said with that, Michelle. Bang on the money. Yeah. Uh, how does, Thank you. How does, differentiate, how does differentiation improve the value proposition? Because the value proposition is, is the reason customers will do business with anybody is for the value proposition. So you know, how does differentiation improve that? Yeah, that's a good question. So when we understand the four components of differentiation, we start to operate from a place of greater integrity. What I mean by that is if we enter a business or uh, start delivering a service and we are focused only and expressly on our platform and our process, we become somewhat disconnected from the real value of what we're doing. And um, we become very, um, it's, it's, I've seen it so often where the entrepreneur becomes so focused on the process that they, they lose touch with what they're really trying to do ultimately. So I would, I would say that differentiation improves the value proposition because it creates a level of integrity from the inside out. Now, here's what I mean by that. 
if you are authentic and sincere and genuine about the value you want to deliver, and you're very, very clear about the value that you want your client or customer to experience, what their perception of the value is, right? What their perspective is. If you're very clear on that, you can kind of match what it is that you see as valuable to what they also see as valuable. So what happens is your value proposition goes from a place of integrity inside out, which then reinforces trust because your clients and your customers understand that this is not something that you're putting out to the market in order to generate revenues. It's something that is inherently important to you and valuable to you, and you want that for the world, right? You want to take that out into the world. So they have more trust in your offer because it's coming from the inside out, if you will. From there, of course, as you develop more consistency and you develop more of your personality and purpose into that, you're starting to tap into the emotional side of your customers and clients, which then, of course, reinforces and builds increased loyalty. You're moving out of simply transaction orientations and you're moving into more of a, a relationship or a a feeling of, you know, I'm enjoying this. This is a good thing. And then finally, when you have that kind of trust and loyalty, you ultimately fuel advocates. You fuel people who want to talk about your work. They want to talk about what you do because they're experiencing such great value from it. And because your purpose has a bigger impact and a bigger focus, they can speak to it not just from their own um, benefit, but they can speak to your work from a greater good perspective, which allows them to be actually more effusive in their advocacy for the work that you do. So it really does create a much improved value proposition on many, many different levels that um, improves the sales process and improves your ability as well to refine and target and hone what it is that you're trying to do right absolutely yes oh the three three words i'm sure all of the sales listeners three of the favorite words you mentioned right there trust loyalty and uh, business impact which produces referrals so those are those are salespeople's (laughs) favorite words and if they wake up every morning and, and, and read those words they get all excited to go do their job Fantastic. So I'd like to bridge it over to a bit of a sales conversation, if I can, Michelle. How how might salespeople leverage differentiation to improve their sales results? Yeah, this is such an, I I love this piece. I I just love this piece because it's a lot easier than it is um, often understood to be. And I think that the biggest thing when it comes to improving sales results is understanding what you're good at and what your biases are and what you want to emphasize in terms of how you and your offer and your product add the best value, right? From what you do best, not necessarily, you know, salespeople are often trying to, um, match their offer to what the client is asking for. And of course, that's really important. You must do that. 
I think that there's a step before that, though, in terms of the, the person selling the services or the product must understand what it is that that product or service does best, right? What is it that it is, this is the mastery piece, right? It's going to do a whole bunch of things really, really well, but what does it do best? When we understand that and we can own that part of our offer, right, then we can position our best foot forward and see whether or not that matches with what our prospect is wanting to buy, what they value, right? And this is the important thing. If, let, as an example in services, um, when a services provider is trying to sell their offer, they will, um, sometimes we'll hear things like they're very service oriented or client first, right? Um, client focused. And that's great. They may be very service oriented. They may be very, very responsive. And that might be really important to them because they think, they believe that's the way for them to build trust, loyalty, and advocacy. If they are very responsive, then naturally their prospect or client, should they become one, will also value that, right? But that's not necessarily true. Your client or prospect might actually value an analytical and very um, systematic approach to the problem solving. And they may not necessarily value as much the responsiveness of your nature, right? So they may prioritize something slightly differently from how you prioritize things in terms of your value proposition. And it's really important as a salesperson to understand if there is a match in terms of the highest priority or whether there's a disconnect in terms of they're not even hearing that that's the priority value that you're trying to sell or trying to position and you're going to, you, you need to find the place where you both agree that the value is going to be measured in that way. And if you don't do that, then your, your sale may be successful, but your client may never become a high trust, high loyalty client because you haven't found that matching in the value. Right. Yeah. I, I love what you said. Find the pain, then bring the game. And what we, what you were just talking about, what resonated for me was like sharpening the edge of the wedge of the value proposition specifically to illuminate that piece that the client values most. And you can't just, and they, you know, and they use, yeah, and they yeah, deliver yeah. the best, right? This is a thing exactly. that people most often miss and they try too hard to be what the client wants and they don't give enough attention or value um, to their own style. So, for example, if a client values responsiveness and they really want to make sure that you're serving them, you know, really, really well and they expect you to pick up the phone every, t you know, every time they call and that's not something that you can even offer. It's not something within your wheelhouse in terms of capabilities um, for whatever reason. It doesn't matter how amazing you are at everything else if they are judging your value based on your ability to answer the phone on the second ring every single time, they will be disappointed regardless how amazing everything else is. And so it's really important for you to under, really in the early in the sales process, identify 
what it is that you're exceptional at or what it is that your offer excels at, that nuance, that sharp edge, as you referred to it, Ian, and whether or not that's a match for what the client is looking for or what they think they are buying. You can, you can find consensus there for sure, but you've got to identify that gap first. And that's often not done as well as it could be in my experience. Yeah. <laughs> Makes complete sense. And, and some of the basic things can help us, like listening, <laughs> asking good questions mm-hmm. and listening, mm-hmm. finding out you know, <laughs> what does good look like? That's one of my favorite questions. What does good look like? Yeah. Um, you're going to yeah. find out what the client wants most, right? And that's, that's everything. Exactly. Of yeah. clients, as a fifth question, Michelle, if I could, how does effective differentiation create better clients? Mm-hmm. So I always like to refer to this as there are, you know, there are different levels of value, how a, a certain buyer or client will experience value. And those four levels would be at the very base level. We might call that the leads or basic transaction. It's like, you know, as Joe Pulmary says, he's from the Willis Group, um, internet, multinational insurance brokerage. He says, in the absence of value, it all comes down to price, right? Right. So if, if price is in the equation, then you're at the bottom end of the value proposition or the value equation, rather. You're at the very bottom end of it. You haven't necessarily shown enough value for it to get beyond price. So that's a really important thing for salespeople. To know, right? But when you move beyond needs and then you get into expectations where expectations, it's a little higher quality, it's more convenient, it's probably a little easier, clients are a little, uh, willing to pay a little more, the price is still in the equation. They're not going to pay a major premium, but they'll pay a little bit extra for that, right? But when you get into getting, uh, getting beyond those needs and expectations level in value, the next level you get into is what I refer to as desires. And desires is really about the feeling, the feeling that you care about me beyond the transaction, right? You care about me, even if I weren't a client, you'd still care about me and care about my results and care about my life, right? So that's what I call desires, where people want to feel like they belong. They want to feel like you care. They want to feel like there's a connection, right? And that's really about themselves. The fourth level of value is what I refer to as dreams. And what I mean by that is dreams happen at the highest level of value when your clients feel like your work together with them is somehow contributing to something bigger and something better. And they are a part of that, right? Because they are working with you, because they are a client of yours, Somehow the world at large is better. So that's, a, that's where they get to feel like they're having an impact through their, you know, through their money as a, as a buyer of your products and services. They feel like the world is a better place. Right? Fantastic advice for salespeople right there. Absolutely. It, it made me think a little bit of a, a quote I heard from a, a gentleman a number of years ago. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And right. getting it to that third <laughs> level, Michelle, and beyond to the dream level, wow, it, that's where loyalty lives forever um, because absolutely. of the impact mm-hmm. it makes on the greater good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, Michelle, and I want to thank you. Creates, sorry. Mm-hmm. Go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. 
this is where creativity happens, right? This is where your creativity takes it out of a formulaic delivery of value, something that, you know, all your peers and competitors are doing, you're all doing it more or less the same way. When creativity enters the equation, then you are really touching on that next level of desires and dreams, those top two levels of value, where you're bringing more of your yourself, your personality, your purpose, and your authentic delivery of value in a way that is completely unique to you. And that's where differentiation gets unbelievably effective. And that's where you create better clients, right? So it's it's a super fun place to hang out. And yeah, so <laughs> creativity. Those, those, those last two steps, I think a lot of companies need your help, Michelle, because <laughs> the, the table stakes are the first two. The, the last two is what Definitely. really drives the, the success and makes it sustainable. Um, yeah. Michelle, I, again, I want to thank you so much for taking the time and for the amazing information you dropped on the listeners uh, today. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, and I'm sure our listeners are wondering, how can we reach out and get a hold of Michelle? So, Michelle, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Well, the best way is absolutely always by phone. Um, although in my case, just to be really candid, I'm often in meetings, so I would encourage an email. Um, but the best place to find us is through our website, transformationcatalyst.ca, transformationcatalyst.ca, just to repeat that. And um, you can always find us through, you know, there's a, a way to contact us through our website. There's also, you can find me on LinkedIn, M. Sorberoli is my LinkedIn handle. Um, I'm very active on LinkedIn. And otherwise, we also have a, our company, Transformation Catalyst has a YouTube channel and if those of you are interested in seeing a little bit more and watching some short videos on differentiation and some further philosophies around that I would invite you to visit us there as well that's fantastic again Michelle thank you very much for being on the podcast today um, great to have you on and thank you all for listening to Confessions of a Sales Pro if you have found this episode informative and helpful we would be honored and appreciative if you would share this podcast with other great salespeople like yourself. And we look forward to you joining us for all new episodes weekly, every Thursday. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. If you'd like us to help you grow your sales commissions, visit us at salesmentoryou.com. Confessions of a Sales Pro. Lessons, more wins. With Ian Selby.